they call them Tonight. No lie, my nigga, I gotta hit the block and get this bread, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you be safe out there, little bro. You be blessed too, big bro. Yeah, they call them niggas, though I see them as little bros. Misguided, close-minded to the history, only darkness has shown. They trouble youths, accustomed to what they used to. Hearts turn cold, felt alone from an adolescent fatherhood that was stole. A child filled with hurt since birth, it gets worse as he grows. Education slows as he gets old with no growth and no goals. Our little bros lost in the hood, it's on the corners. They just stick around. It's a thirst for blood money now. You know that quick route to six below the ground. He lives with no worries, no fears to die. Taking a further from reaching the sky with psychological suicide. He lives without knowing what living is than die. Our little bros, it's sad though. Our little bros, our little bros. Ooh, our little bros, you can be somebody's hero You can be the leader, you don't always have to follow Our little bros, take the light with you wherever you go Our little bros, you can pave the way No matter what no one else has to say Each day is for you to make a new day Ooh, our little bros Mercy on the soul at the crossroads Maybe this is the way it was supposed to go Due time, you murder young Fighting for the moles and folks That family that gave you money and dope When yours was distant and broke Our little bros Searching for every way that's wrong On the come up, knowing any day You can get smoked Instead of higher learning and teachers to fix us, it's robberies and stick-ups. Lost in the devil's music, the pills and the spirit to kill. Lord save them, far gone now, it's kill or be killed. Sleep with the heat, they in too deep. Our little bros, thug life, this is what they live and feel. Having more faith than the steel, than the humble themselves and kneel. Our little bros, you can be somebody's hero. You can be the leader, you don't always have to follow. Like they have no hope, no one to care. Tears on hold, they don't cry no more. Can't see past 25, no purpose to live for. Our little bros, a short mindset. This is how they think life is short. We gon' go someday anyway. Really, it's not much to say. Just hope and pray. Our little bros, to all of those that's made the streets stay home. Maybe you will one day see that light, a sign to take you off the road you on. They tricked you into believing that you niggas But you're just on a pathway that's gone wrong It's better days ahead You just have to change your friends Envision your songs Change your pictures Other than the ones that's shown Become and go where you belong Our little bros You can be somebody's hero You can be the leader You don't always have to follow Our little bros Take the light with you Wherever you go Our little bros You can pave the way Each day is for you to make a new day. Ooh, 
pose. Time for y'all to stand up. Be our next heroes. Small business owners needing administrative services, individuals needing a resume, veterans needing assistance completing disability claim forms, and anyone needing a mobile notary. Give my admin friend a call at 773-349-2779 or check out our website, www.myadminfriend.com. That's www.myadminfriend.com. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to Rodas Live. I'm here today with Mike the Poet. Um, tell the people about yourself, Mike. Man, appreciate you having me, bro. Um, just Mike the Poet, spoken word artist, uh, published author, recording artist uh, from Chicago, Illinois. And it's been going on about almost 10 years since I first uh, jumped into the arena of doing live performances um, throughout Chicago and also been traveling for the last five years as well to the different states. So, you know, um, that's just a little bit about me. I have music and books out on social media, um, music platforms and Amazon. And, um, you know, you can pretty much follow me, you know, by Googling, you know, my name, Just Mike the Poet, J-U-S-T-M-I-C-D-A Poet, and all of my um, content, you know, will come up within the Google search. That's what's up, thanks. So yeah. today on Writers Live, I got Mike Deport on here, and uh, we fit to do a little goat talk. We're going to talk about um, LeBron James and Michael Jordan, uh, me and this gentleman who I respect very much. We talk about Michael Jordan and LeBron James a lot. We want to get all of the Jordan fans and all of the LeBron fans, but we couldn't get nobody, so we're going to hold the torch today. So. Mike is going to represent LeBron. I will represent Jordan, and we will do it respectfully. All okay. Right. Okay. Um, I got Michael Jordan, North Carolina's finest. Um, he won a championship in college. Um, when he went to the Bulls, for people who don't know, um, Michael Jordan, he always been a fierce competitor. But he had some rough runs through them 80s. In the 80s, Michael Jordan couldn't make it out of the first round fucking with them bad boy Pistons. You know what I'm saying? But in retrospect, Jordan, he ran the 90s. He ran the 90s. And also, in a lot of people's opinion, Michael Jordan is the GOAT. Michael Jordan is the greatest player of all time to some people. Um, 
But Michael Jordan has never said it. Um, I like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar um, mm-hmm. simply because he um, he was a champion in high school, college, and in the NBA. So all of his career. Um, I never saw Will Chamberlain. I never saw Bill Russell. But um, Bill Russell, he has 11 rings. Um, yeah. Will Chamberlain scored 100 points in a game. I never witnessed that. I never knew what the competition was like. Um, but I did get to see Magic. I did get to see Magic play. So we're going to kick it off like this. Um, my starting five of all time. Okay. I'm taking Magic at the point guard. Jordan at the shooting guard. I'm taking Larry Bird at the three. I'm taking Julius Irvin at the four and Kareem mm. at the center. That's my starting five. Okay. Of all time. Well, I picked them, uh, you know, Magic, he was a 6'9 point guard, never been done before. Um, Michael Jordan, I think his game was similar to um, Julius Irvin a little bit, you know, with all the flair, you know, flying and gliding. Um, I think that um, Michael Jordan is a combination of like uh, Julius Irvin with the uh, dynamics of him being able to, you know, fly and dunk. And mm-hmm. you know, kind of smooth like George Gervin, but like Fox defense, the defender that Michael Jordan is, he just all that by himself. Um, Larry Bird, I picked Larry Bird at the three because he wasn't very athletic, but he could shoot the ball and he had a very good basketball IQ. And you know, he made people around him better. Um, Julius Irvin. He was just the first person that I seen doing the majority of the things that Mike did. And um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, nobody could defend a Scott Hook. Um, he was no. a good leader. Um, he whooped uh, Mike E. Nass. <laughs> um, but that's why I picked the starting five. But I, I think Kareem is the best, but Magic is my favorite <laughs> out of everybody. Okay. So what would your starting five look like, Mike? Man, it's kind of crazy. Um, because if you're going by the best or like by position, you know what I'm saying? Like, mine is kind of similar to yours. I got magic at my point, um, MJ at my two, okay, Kareem in the middle, right? And Ron at the three. Right. And if I was going by the best player, I would take Kevin Durant. If I was going by position, I would take Tim Duncan. Okay. The four. Because KD don't play the four. But KD, I think he's the better, to me, the better player. You know. Okay. Better than Tim Duncan? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would say he's, yeah. I think Duncan Duncan was blessed in in a situation, you know, with Popovich, San Antonio, and he ran off them championships. But... I think when it's all said, well, when it's all said and done, I think Kevin Durant will look back and I'll say, like, he, you know, he, he would be up there. He would be up there. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
I, I think Kobe Bryant is a is an excellent defender. And um I saw a game and the Lakers was playing um OKC. This is when um Durant was in OKC. And mm-hmm. Kobe was checking Kevin Durant, and I never seen Kobe look scared. Yeah, he had fear on his face when he had to stick him, you know what I mean? And um, but Kevin Durant, I think he dished the ball off, he didn't take the shot. I think he dished the ball mm-hmm. off to Westbrook or something. Um, and I'm not even sure if the Lakers won, you know, but mm. that's the first time I ever seen any bit of fear on Kobe Bryant's face. So, RIP Kobe. Yeah, well, respect. Okay, um, so what do you think? Uh, what what's your stance on um LeBron saying, you know, you know, when he made the shot when he won his mm-hmm. championship that you know he the greatest player of all time. He said, I'm the greatest. I feel like I'm the greatest. Now I don't oh. think that he wrong for saying I feel like I'm the greatest. You know, I don't think he's wrong for that. I just think it's kind of disrespectful um, to players that he never played against. You know, that's the only thing. It, you know, LeBron, he's in a different era and in this social media and stuff. So LeBron takes a lot in. A lot of stuff that's being said to LeBron hasn't been said to a lot of these players that played before him. So right. he he's taking that out as, you know, like, you know, it's more so his emotions. You know what I'm saying? I don't think if he was hated on or talked about as much, he probably wouldn't. He probably wouldn't have said that. He'd be more humble, you know, with it. But by you know all this haterism, everybody talking about him, this and that, and you know, he felt like, hey, you know, I'm 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 the best. Like I'm ain't nobody ever did that before. You know what I'm saying? So right. he felt he placed himself in a, his own category, history, you know, by himself. And I'm quite sure Michael Jordan, even though whether he said it or not, um feels that he was the best. I do feel that, you know, um, right. I guess basketball is a different, you know, sport other than boxing because they say it all the time, you know, Muhammad Ali, Floyd Mayweather, you know, I'm the greatest, I'm the best. It's, it's kind of like a cocky thing, you know, so, you know, they say it. But you know what, um, to Floyd Mayweather, Muhammad Ali and all of them, you know, they could say it, you know, in a capacity like, if you don't think I'm the greatest, when you get in this ring, I'm going to beat your ass. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, like, when you part of a team, like, yeah, you know, that might even cause, cause a little resentment on a team. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or if you his peer, yo, when I see LeBron, when we play Cleveland, yo, we not letting LeBron get nothing, you know? Right. And I'm yeah. sure people did that to Mike as well, you know? Yeah. Because I was um, watching an interview, and um, Kevin Garnett said he was when he was a rookie, um, mm-hmm. you know, Kevin Garnett, he went to, to uh, school here in Chicago at Farragut. Right. And um, he, went, he played with Ronnie Fields, and Ronnie Fields yeah. was in a car accident. And KG mm-hmm. was like, man, you know, I'm going to dedicate this to my man, Ronnie Fields. So mm-hmm. KG said him and J.R. Ryder, you know, they was beating the Bulls by 14. They was giving them the business. Yeah. So Kevin Garnett was talking shit to Jordan. 
Uh-huh. And J.R. Ryder said he was telling him, like, look, man, hey, you don't want to make him mad. Don't make him mad. So at the end of the third quarter, you know, KG was like, man, fuck that. We win it. Yeah. Fuck him. Woo woo. Yeah. So in the fourth quarter, KG said, Jordan them shut all that shit down. Yeah. Like, yeah. Went on like an 18-point scoring spree. And him and JR Ryder didn't have shit. So JR Ryder was <laughs> like, man, I told you. And KG was like, man, I ain't know. I ain't know. I know right. that. You know right. what I'm saying? But um, social media is a different dynamic. And I think it's affecting the players. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because it's not any type of, it's less discipline. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? And um, we don't know what's fueling these guys. Like, for example, I, I don't I don't understand the intrigue with the Kardashian women. Mm -hmm. I don't. I just don't. This yeah. is me. You know what I'm saying? They beautiful women, but I mean, out of all the women in the world, like, why you gotta why you why would you wanna go get a Kardashian? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Some people have fantasies before they made it. You know, <laughs> the opportunity comes, it's like, okay, you know, this is my chance. Yeah, that's that's crazy, but you absolutely right about that. So um Foz the league right now. Um uh -huh. who do you think the best point guard right now that's actively playing? Um I'm gonna give it to Steph. I'm gonna give it to Steph Curry. I'm not a big fan of his, but I will give him, you know, credit as um as that crown as the best point guard. I didn't give it to him at first, you know, because um he would fail, you know, to drive. He would keep relying on his three pointers whether they hit or not. You know, but once I seen where if they ain't hitting, he'll start to drive to the basket and score up the glass or make plays. And I was like, well, he's yeah, he's pretty much unstoppable. Um, and his defense is a little better. It ain't great, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But um, it's decent enough. So I, I get that to Steph Curry. I think Steph Curry, you know, he remind me of a gym rat. Like, I, I see Steph Curry just in the gym all day. Even if his dad, I'm sure it's you know, him being around his dad um, mm -hmm. probably got something to do with it. But at the yeah. same time, I think, you know, that, you know, even even his brother, um, Seth, you Seth, know, yeah. you can tell they gym rats, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And they just, they just cabal. Um, my only knock on Steph is just he a little small. But he definitely, he definitely good at the point guard position. Um, yeah. I like, um, I like Damian Lillard, my Dame, friend. Yeah, Dame, Dame right there, too. If, if like somebody used to God. say Dame, I wouldn't, I wouldn't argue it. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't argue that because right. technically, I, I've been loving Dame more than stuff. But, you yeah. know, they, they both definitely show up, and um, they kind of built like the players of old to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, they got really? – um, I mean, you know, the way they built. Like, they not – they're not trying to go to no other team, you know. Okay, they're I got to, you. Yeah. They're trying to okay. stick it out, you know, where they at. Yeah. Like, man, yeah. you know. I mean, Steph, Steph good. Dane, Dane may have to – he may have to do something, you know. Yeah. Um, he said he don't want to leave Portland. You 
you know, he's from the Bay Area and Portland ain't that far from there. So I guess he like, you know, we'll just stick it out. He got to do some politicking or something. You know, he going to need some big man to ride with him. And, you yeah. know, they're going to have to figure that thing out. A lot of these big dudes, they soft in the league. Like, like yeah. um, Joel Embiid, I think he a bum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't like Embiid, huh? Bum. <laughs> like, I like Giannis. I think he good. But uh, I'm trying to see, like, you know, Damn, I'm trying to find a power forward that's playing that's just a dog. Anthony Davis a is dog. a dog. He just be hurt all the time. Yeah, I like Anthony Davis. Now, one thing that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar said, he was like, man, out of all these young players, you know, he got it. And, you know, some of his mm-hmm. stats, you know, are comparable to the greats. Um, Westbrook, yeah. too, you know, even though he got all the triple doubles and everything, who was that? Westbrook. Oh, Westbrook, yeah, yeah. I just don't think he got enough help. I don't. Yeah, he might be a um might be a cancer to some teams, man. I'm just gonna be honest. Hey, I agree with that. Because my thing is this. They was up 3-1 against Golden State. Yeah. How could you lose? Sometimes you gotta fall back and say, I don't know. What, despite what's going on in your mind at the time, mm-hmm. um, if you had your favorite piece in and make you act this way, somebody right. to say, hey, look, man, hey, just get a ball to KD. Yeah. Give it to yep. KD, man. You ain't got to work today. You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. Don't worry about them stats and shit. And mm-hmm. the thing is, he had three chances to get that shit right. He could have won one. I mean, come on. Yeah. You know, yeah, Westbrook, he just he he not poised, he's not a poised point guard like Chris Paul or Mike Conley. You know what I'm saying? Them type of yeah. cats. They they move, they change speeds. Westbrook at one speed, like up and down the float, wild, and you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> he just gone. Well, um, Westbrook remind me of a two. He remind a me two of guard. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's like a two. Yeah, he's like a combo guard. Yeah, yeah, he remind me of a two guard. And um one of my one of my favorite point guards of all time, Nick Van Axel. Nick, okay. Nick, Nick, I didn't know that he used to play shooting guard until he got into college. Wow. When he started playing a point. That's why he'll pull up on your ass so quick. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So he was like, man, you know, when nobody recruiting me. Mm. Blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. Yeah, but shit, he, man, he was league ready. He was like, man, I was, you know, I was the last pick of the second round, and, you know, I wore mm-hmm. that shit on my shoulder. He was talking about Kobe, you know, and uh, he was saying, hey, I told Kobe everything he know, you know, because he, he was the he was the veteran on the team when Kobe yeah. Scott came, you know. Right. Yeah, Kobe was coming off the bench, I think, for yeah. a year. Yeah, he wasn't even starting on that team. Mm-hmm. But uh, Nick said Kobe was up in that motherfucker like, man, hey, psst, I'm finna take somebody motherfucking job for that. You know, <laughs> that's my spot right there. You know, so he took yeah. Eddie Jones shit eventually. Yep. Eddie Jones, yep, yeah. Yeah, you're right. 
Shout out to Eddie Jones. That was my man. Yeah, yeah, I love Eddie Jones too. He's a yeah. solid two guard. Right. So, so do you think LeBron is better than Jordan, and why? Um, you know what? I will say this. Um, again, then again, it's hard to to compare players. It's, it's very hard for me because I look at greatness. I look at the greatness of certain players and I see a lot of things that Mike does better than LeBron. And at the same time, I see a lot of things that LeBron does that's better than Mike, you know, in terms of like rebounding, you know what I'm saying? His IQ Q level in running the offense of the floor, you know what I'm saying? Um, the right. fact that um, he could win with less talent on his team. You know what I'm saying? He may not win the championship, but like he could take a team, carry a team on his back further, to me, further than what Mike can do. You know what I'm saying? And so, um, so, so is that after he picked everybody he wanted? No, he no. Around, um, you know, LeBron went to, all, to the championship before. LeBron went to the championship before he even left Cleveland the first year. And he beat the championship Detroit Pistons. Ooh. Like, people don't look at that. He ran, you know, through those guys with, you can't even name his starting five. Booby Gibson, you know, Drew Gooden, right. you know what I'm saying? So he didn't have a lot of talent like that on his team. There ain't no Hall of Famers other All-Stars. Yeah. You know, so yeah. he, he did carry that team. And also, another point I would bring out with him was the year that Kyrie Irving left and went to Boston. You know what I'm saying? Kyrie Irving left. The Cleveland team, after they'd been going to the finals, went to Boston, and what did Cleveland do the next year? They went right back to the finals. They did. You know what I'm saying? But people discredit him for that because he lost. You see what I'm saying? While right. most players wouldn't even got there. They would have got put out. You know what I'm saying? And there wouldn't have been no call. Well, you know, Irvin had left. You know what I'm saying? Like, he wasn't supposed right. to get there. Right. You know? So they discredit him for getting there and getting swept in this and that. You know what I'm saying? But um, Yeah, he... He got swept by Tim Duncan them too. Yeah, they was Hall of Famers, Hall of Fame coach, everything, man. Like, right. I don't know who Cleveland coach was. Like, they all they pretty much had was James. You know, so they had NBA players, but they they was riding on James back. You know, yeah, so they, they was pretty much they was outmatched. You know what I'm saying? LeBron, he did all he could do. You know what I'm saying? Um, what I you will think, say, what huh? you what you think happened this time with the Lakers? My thing is this: if you, I don't think, if you out there with some bums, right? Mm -hmm. You should know that. I mean, if you ain't been giving it to them all this time, and you know that they can't deliver, why would you uh -huh. even pass it to them? You know what I'm saying? If they miss, damn, they human, right? Yeah. But they are getting paid. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's how I look at it. I don't even mean to cut you off. No, no, that's cool. That's cool. That, that, that makes sense. I understand that part of it too. That's why, you know, they a lot of people judge it on LeBron's mentality. You know what I'm saying? Because they say like Kobe is a is a killer. Mike is a killer. They got that dog or that that um killer instinct. Right. I agree. <laughs> to me, LeBron has that too. It's just not at the level of Mike and Kobe because LeBron at his position, he's a small forward or point guard. 
and he's always deferred to his teammates since high school. You know what I'm saying? So the right. instinct, that's just what he does. That's the way his game is, is you know, to, you know, to pass the ball and set guys up and this and that. And it does get him far. But it does come a point where he has to know when to, no, forget that. Let me go ahead and, you know, take this over. And I think that's where he does. That's something that he hasn't, um, he, he never, I think he never really figured that out. You know what I'm saying? Right. But right. when he does, he has the killer instinct. Like, I've watched him, like, take over games down. I watched even last year in the finals. You know what I'm saying? But even putting out Denver. He was like, he's seen Davis limping and getting hurt. Like, let me go ahead and finish them off and go back to the final. Like, I've watched him do that. You know what I'm saying? But Jordan and Kobe, their mentality is that way pretty much all the time. You know what I'm saying? All 48 minutes or whatever. I, I, think, Le, I think LeBron killer instinct is more like a fit or some shit. You say like a what? Like a fit. You what know, you like, mean? like Kobe and Mike, them, they like, man, we fit up. We better, uh, we better go in there and get you. You know, uh -huh. damn, I gotta do this shit. You know, Kobe and Mike, it's expected of me to do this shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, yeah. But um, to LeBron's credit, you know, here's Shorty. And also, um, his career not over. You know what I'm saying? That's another point, too. You know, his story ain't written in stone. So I don't wanna. Okay. Whoever listening, I don't think I don't want y'all to think that I'm hating on LeBron, but uh, you know, I I just I just got some players up there over him right now. Mm -hmm. And I think Michael Jordan is better, in my opinion. In my opinion, mm -hmm. you know, that's in my you feel me? That's, yeah, that, that's fine. I, I I respect that, you know, I respect that. Even if you say Kareem, I I could respect that. Oh, look, look, you know look, look. Now listen, like like Kareem and Magic, you know, like Jordan said, hey, look, there's a lot of players that came before me. Mm -hmm. Period. That's he just left it like that. You know what I'm yeah. saying? He was like, Irving, Kareem, you know, and some more players. He, he just said that shit. He said, hey, it, it ain't fair for me to say I'm the best, you know. Okay. You know, I wouldn't want that backlash. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, but to Jordan's credit, he never said it. I admire LeBron for saying it because he got time to actually prove it because he's still yeah. at the Yeah, I, I think that, um, man, I, I, that's why I really don't compare Jordan and, um, and LeBron. You can't compare them. I compare them because of greatness. Not their style of play. I mean, because they don't right. that style is different. But right. far as they being great, right. you know what I'm saying? Like a lot yeah. of people go attack me with them. Like, nah, they're they're great. They got that it. They got that Yeah, you know. Yeah, like you know, like I say, LeBron does things that Mike can't do. Like LeBron will pull up from the half court of the of the logo line. You know, you never saw Mike do stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Like right. LeBron a different. He's just a different type of style of player. And he I think he's created his own lane. You know, like Kobe took more so to Michael Jordan lane. LeBron right. kind of went a different route where, you know, there's never been nothing like him. You know what I'm saying? Right. So right. and and I really don't want to compare and say LeBron the GOAT until he retires. You know what I'm saying? Until right. you can look at the whole total body of work, you know, and everything. Right. You know, to, to just cut him off of like, oh, he'll never be the GOAT because of this or because of that. 
You know, right. that ain't I, think that's, I think that's crazy to say. You know, I can't even say somebody ain't going to come behind LeBron and not be the GOAT. I can't even say that because I don't know. Right. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Right. It'd be hard for me to give it up. And I think right. that's what it is with Michael Jordan, especially if you're from Chicago. It's hard for people to right. give that up. You know what I'm saying? That's true. <laughs> not we will not disrespect Michael Macho. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I'm just playing, you know. Hey, nobody, we're not disrespecting Mike, but I feel you with LeBron. He still got, he still got ways to go. He still, he still playing. Yeah, and think, think about who's left from his draft. Think about that. Yeah. Carmelo Anthony, and he comes off the bench. Right. Yeah, Melo left. I'm the only one still going. Dwayne Wade, he didn't retire doing game shows, and it ain't nobody else left from that man draft. <laughs> Yo, what what game show is Dwayne Wade doing? How to be a dad? Something called the Cube, the Cube, or something like that. Like I, I never really watched it or paid attention, but yeah. Oh, okay. I need to yeah. check that shit out. Yeah. Yeah. So. Speaking of being written in stone, how long you been a poet, Mike, an artist? Um, I've been writing poetry. Um, I'm 43 now, but right since I was 21. So 22, 22 years I've been a writer as far as stepping out in performance, um, being on that stage, um, memorizing, and um, you know, being professional with it since, um, I want to say, about 2012. 2013, 2012. So about um about eight, eight, nine years, you know, I've been a spoken word artist, but I've been writing since I was 21 years old. So how did you get into it? Is it any is it something emotional that was the catalyst? Was it your environment that sparked you to write? Or it just happened? Um, it's a little bit of all of that, but far as it just happening. Um, you kind of knew. I, I wouldn't say it just happened, you know, because my first poem that I wrote was dedicated to um, my baby sister who passed away. You know what I'm saying? Oh, man, so, my condolences, man. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. And I wrote a, um, I wrote a, I wrote my first piece to her. You know what I'm saying? It's titled like a letter to baby sister, and that was like my first poem. You know what I'm saying? Like I just picked up the pen. It's like, dang, I ain't had no last words to say to her. I was like, maybe I'll put it on paper. You know, let me get this out of me. Maybe she'll feel it in spirit or something, you know. And um, and I just started writing, and it started rhyming. And I've been going ever since then, you know. But um, but I always love, always been a fan of um, hip-hop and um, music and albums. I love when artists create their albums and their albums come out. They got their LPs and stuff like that. So it's like, I always wanted to be them. You know what I'm saying? What would my album be like? Yeah, yep, yep. I always visualize that. So when I create an album, like I still have all those visuals. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like different tracks, different songs, talking about this, talking about that, and getting certain producers, getting certain features on the album. So it's like all I right. can do that now because I, I'm a writer. I'm, I'm in the game. You know, I, I do spoken word. You know, That's what's up? Yeah, like, and that So, who are some of your musical influences? Um, 
Man, I grew up on LL Cool J. Um, one of my favorite songs, hip hop songs ever was the I Need Love. You know, that was one of my favorites. Um, LL Cool J, um, Common, here from Chicago. Um, I love Common. Um, also, um, Nas, Nasty Nas. I grew up listening to a lot of uh, Illmatic and um, the It Was Written albums coming up, Scarface and um, Outkast. I love Outkast. Jay-Z, and I kind of went back a little bit in time and listened to uh, Rakim and KRS-One. That, was, that wasn't that was too late, and I got it to, like, Guru. Now, that's when I really started getting more into hip-hop, but, yeah, but starting out, it was LL, then, you know what I'm saying, like, Nas, of course, Tupac, you know, yeah. that type of that. So I was more so, I wasn't into the 80s like that, but right. more in the 90s, when the 90s came out, then I had to track back and listen to the Rakims, the Biz Marquis, like all them type of cats. And I was like, okay, you know, this what's up. Even on uh, Coogee Rap, because I didn't really yeah. know about them like that. I had to go back and Rose listen to the Coogee Rap. Well, <laughs> hey, G-Rap. G-Rap, come. I like yeah. G-Rap. When yeah. I heard that Road to the Riches, I was like, damn. Yeah. Um, him and Nas, they got a song called Fast Life. It's off of Yeah, Ocean. Fast Life. Yeah. 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 Hey, so... Like people always, talk, I know we're talking about LeBron and Jordan, but that part of the segment is done right now. Okay, that's cool. So like where, um, when the Hove and Nas thing was going on, I was like, I never, I never heard Hove on no tracks with no legends and body that shit. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I don't wow, know I never thought about that. I don't know if they were scared to get on a song with Hove, or maybe they weren't fucking with Hove. Like, I done heard Nas on songs with G-Rap. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of Wu-Tang, you know, yeah. whoever. And he, you know, he was he was shining. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I was like, man, shorty a problem. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. That's why Jay came at him. Yeah, Jay, Jay woke up a, a sleeping giant. I was like, yo, man, hey. He did. I, yeah. So, um, those are some good influences, by the way. Yeah, uh, thanks. So, what you got coming up? You working on an album now? You in the works? You just chilling? You moving around doing the shows right now? What's, what's happening? Man, since, you know, 2013, I never chilled, man. Like, it's just an adrenaline rush, a drive that that does that lives in me. You know what I'm saying? So, like, every day I'm doing something with spoken word. I'm thinking about it. I'm, um, even still, I'm still, like, creating my website. It's, it's still stuff, still work that needs to be done, man. So right now, I'm trying to focus on um, not too many things at one time, but definitely right. my visual, my spoken word video. You know that right. I'm looking to get done and put out um, this summer uh, called "It's No Love There." Then I'm looking to get a, um, a video done. Um, I like that I, joint. I appreciate that. Yeah, I like that. Hey, I play. I played it on one of my episodes in season one. I'm gonna play. I think it I've again. seen it. Yeah, it popped up in my email. Yeah, I'm gonna play it again on on this episode, and I'm gonna do. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna play just the barber too. Okay, man. Most stuff. Love, love. Yeah, yeah I'm playing. Um. But the video, and I'm, I'm also, you know, still working on my album. Some of those joints that you're talking about are my singles, which are going to be on the album. Right. Um, the Death of a Poet Soul. So 
Hopefully, I completed this year, but I ain't put no deadline, you know, on my album Don't or whatever. Do it. Yeah, you stay on You make you making wine. You making wine. Yeah. You ain't right. making water. Yeah. You making wine. You know. Yeah. You can't rush yeah. perfection. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna take my time and um, you know, cause I really want it to be really nice, man. You know, I want it. I want to enjoy it. I want the people, you know, to enjoy it when they come out as well too. And I want to be real, you know, professional. You know what I'm saying? Um, with me being a spoken word artist, you know, so. Those are the two things, you know, I'm working on. I got some shows coming up this weekend here in Chicago. One private, one is actually at a church. So that's Saturday. I got two shows coming up. I'm thankful for that because the pandemic, you know, everything was, you know, pretty much dried up. You know, know what I'm saying? And, um, I already know. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's what I'm working on. I got coming up, man. Uh, video, my album, and um, and just keep doing shows. Keep saying no productive, you know, uh, keep getting booked, finding ways to get myself out there, you know, and build my following. Man, and it ain't nothing like moving around, getting that bag. Yeah, most definitely. Okay, let me ask you this, because every time I get on the stage, I always get nervous. I don't care how many shows I did. Wow. I, I have to I have to get that, that icebreaker out of the way. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So, um, depending on the crowd, you know, that's how I do my set. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I gauge the audience, you know. Okay. Um, one time I did a show in Portage, Indiana. And uh -huh. I'm, not, I'm not a game bang or nothing like that, but. Okay. Like a Larry Hoover convention in that motherfucker. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, damn, it's packed up in here, you know. But I used that as a joke, you know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. And I got into my shit, you know. Okay. So um, I had to change my set list right then and there on the spot. Okay, I was going to ask you that too, yeah. I was like, yo, they not feeling none of that shit. I was like, hold on. I told <laughs> the DJ, hey, I got to do this, 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 and this, you know. But I had them when I got off. But every time I perform, I always get nervous. Mm. You know what I'm saying? At first, initially, till I get up there, I don't, okay. I don't know what it is. I don't know. I don't know if it's just me. I heard other artists do it. But if you don't get nervous, hey, kudos to you. Right. <laughs> you don't get nervous ever. You don't get that little feeling. I'm not gonna say ever. Um... Sometimes I have been, and um, and then sometimes I just always think like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. It's like this is my moment. I gotta, I gotta kill this moment. Like I'm gonna like Eminem. Like I gotta seize the moment. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like my biggest audience was um one of my biggest audiences. While I was a little nervous, was um at Trinity um Church. They did a uh, Kwanzaa Ooh. event. Yeah, they they did a <laughs> they had this Kwanzaa event, man. And um, they walked me in. They walked me in like a, you know, a big time preacher like T.D. Jakes or somebody, you know, and along with some other people that was gonna be on stage. So I got up on the pulpit, you know, what I'm saying, I'm sitting pulpit, looking out, man, people everywhere, man. Like it had to be at least five, six hundred people, you know. And I had to get up there and talk about um, Ujima, and then I had to go into um, a piece I did. I am reality. I don't know if you heard that one, but um, I performed that piece, man, and. I started out nervous a little bit, but once I got into it, 
is like I just started reliving the moment of my of my poetry or the story because it was like a story I was telling. So, you know, I just kind of got comfortable. Like you said, I got comfortable as I went on and went through it and felt like, you know, this is, you know, doors opening up and this is where I'm supposed to be at. You know what I'm saying? These are these are platforms, you know what I'm saying? And doors is opening up and I just got to, I just, I just got to, I can't be nervous. I got to, <laughs> I got to be ready. I got to, you know what I'm saying? These are the moments, man. So, um, and, and it's confidence and practice too. It's preparation and practice. It's like constant um, practice. Like I watch yeah. all my performances to see if I can make it better all the time. You know? Mm-hmm. You know? No doubt. But, um, one time I had a show and I looked, I looked around in the audience, it was all women. You understand? Wow. And I was like, damn, I gotta change this shit up again. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I rocked it. It was at uh cocktails and classics. I think DJ um Phantom was uh DJing. It was a good show. Okay. Yeah, but uh, hey, I'm man. I'm glad to have you on the show. Tell everybody where they can find you, social media. Yeah, thanks for um, having me as well too. Um, you could definitely find me on Instagram um, under Just Mike the Poet J U S T um, M I C D A Poet like the microphone, and uh, also Google my name as well too. Um, Just Mike the Poet J U S T M I C D A Poet. And, and um, you can find me on all social media um, platforms as well, to all music platforms. You know, it's, it's the same as my name, you know, Just Mike the Poet. And, um, you know, and you can catch me from there, Just Mike the Poet. All right. That's what's up. Hey, I appreciate you coming to Riders Live. You're more than welcome anytime. When you drop Most that definitely. project, you need to come through and, you know, let the people know what's up. Okay. Most definitely. Cool. I appreciate you um, for having me. I'm definitely going to um, even chop it up with you, too, on something we talked about on live, you know what I'm saying, to get your input on it. All right. No doubt. Yeah. All right. Thanks. All right. Appreciate it. Hey, everybody. Make sure to check out this week's sponsor of Rodis Live, Truth or Lie TV, hosted by Walter Beta and Vito Grissetta on YouTube. That's Truth or Lie TV, hosted by Walter Beta and Vito Grissetta. It was a gift, but yet again it was inspired from pain. For my dad shaving my head too bald all the time. He would cut me hard and against the grain. I was tired of it, so I saved up enough at the age of 15. It was just enough for my own pair of walls As I was getting older and needed a change With no money saved for a weekly fade I used mirrors and around my head I would tie a shoestring I would then use my instinct switching blades My determination to get it right I would spend hours and then take five to the shop for the lining I would mess up but I learned a lot The times I watched Al at Ron's barber shop Cause I was more than a barber but I was a visionary and artist Off my own styles I would begin to pick up clientele Then they would ask for different cuts For the first time I would just visualize how it should look I prayed for goddess to use my soft touch Until it was right, well, I wouldn't let them up 
it was getting real now As I would charge a five or ten bucks I learned patience, respect, and how to treat others I learned how to do business And not afraid to open up to my brothers I was more than a barber I was more than a barber But a visionary and artist When times were the hardest My faith became stronger To the youngsters without one I became a coach and a father I was more than a barber As years would pass I was being molded into a poet and an author I learned a lot about music and hip-hop culture Realizing I was always a part of it But didn't discover until I got older We would argue all the time about who was doper At the shop, I watched many do bids In jail, get out, then go back again And do another five to ten I thought, man, that's money I'm missing But they was missing their kids Behind the chair became a new school to me It was my way to survive, so I had to learn Whether it was from a preacher or a G Though through the years, many have passed on from different ways A lot have been took from these mean city streets You see, it made me appreciate life more Figure out what all am I here for Do all I can to give more I see now, it was only a stepping stone Cause I was more than a barber I was more than a barber But a visionary and artist When times were the hardest, my faith became stronger To the youngster without one, I became a coach and a father I was more than a barber Yeah, I gained many friends As we grew from boys to men To lift up spirits, I cracked jokes At times, I was like the barbershop comedian That's into the real clowns who walk in You know, the ones that miss they call in Too afraid to open up on stage Don't have enough time, whatever it is The shop was a place of many memories and stories Even though at times it wouldn't be so funny As I learned quick when to hold back and when to joke I watched all and kept a close eye on the dope I remember things getting heated So I was also made a peacemaker So everyone could remain close I became a life coach From conversations on history and sports I was like a scholar And I'm still learning women So those conversations will stay here And go no farther What I did learn, I can pass on Be a mentor to stop someone from doing wrong You see it wasn't all about the money for me, but it was a destiny. Behind the clippers in the cone, I became a teacher of life. I'm able to write pictures that shown. Through my trade, I became a new man that was made. Through it all, I became stronger and smarter. I see now, everything that seems so small is really larger. I was more than just a man behind the chair, but I grew to be more than a barber.